When looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Well, excuse me! Looking for good ideas for life? You're far from good hands. Hey, bud, what's your problem? If you think the listener is always right, you're far from the right place. Out of order! Even in the future, nothing works! Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, but a rebel by choice. Are you threatening me? If you want a host that floats between love and madness, and we know the night is always gonna be here anyway. Thinking of you's working up my appetite, looking forward to a little afternoon delight. Then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. All right, guys, uh, listen to the blues riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? Hey there, Friday fans. We know how much you enjoy the movies. Enjoy grabbing your Friday merchandise and interacting with the Friday family, whether it be at conventions or during our particular watch-alongs. Well, when you're looking to get yourself masks, why not check out our friends over at Camp Blood Customs out of New York State and order your specific custom mask from any other films. All orders are made specifically. Your needs and wants are. Make sure you find Camp Blood Customs on Facebook, Instagram, and all over social media and order yours today. Hey y'all, this is Adam Marcus, writer and director of Jason Goes to Hell and Secret Santa, and you are taking a ride on Crazy Train Radio. Badass. Hey folks, it's your least favorite host in the podcast world, Croc, Jonathan Steele. Boy, do we have a good one for you today. Hey everybody, welcome to Crazy Train Radio. Jonathan Steele is uh, behind the boards and everything. I want to send you to crazytrainradio.com and all of our uh, sites, all the sites he's worked so hard on. And we've got tons of interviews, tons. We just had Dory Funk Jr. on talking about his book. He hasn't gotten book press, but we are honored. Uh, We were going to have uh, Pam Morrison, J.J. Dillon's daughter, on because she is part of the Three Queens, which at times will include the sister, well, I think most recently the sister of one of our esteemed colleagues, the beloved, world-famous Barbara Goodish joins us there, looking like a rock star. And then Darla Staggs, who's the historian, we had her on just a couple of months ago, and uh, nobody knows St. Louis like Darla. And you ladies, well, we'll get 
uh, Pam Morrison, J.J. Dillon's uh, sister, and we send get well wishes to her husband who's having shoulder work today. Um, we thought Pammy could join us, but uh, want to send out, you know, all, everything on quick get well to her husband. And, uh, but I was, well, I was going to mention, you know, the three of you will have to have you guys on, but I was asking Darla, Barbara, do, you know, T-Bolt Patterson, legend of legends, one of the best promo guys ever. And this guy was a baby face in my Los Angeles home-based territory for quite a while in Los Angeles in the sixties. And then he, he turned heel with Armand Hussein, another big Dallas, big time guy for Fritz von Eric, you know, 15 years later, 16 years later. Um, and, uh, you know, T-Bolt would feud famously with Bobo Brazil and Ernie Ladd. I mean, T-Bolt gave you that name. Let's have you talk about, before we get into this year's Cauliflower Alley reunion in Vegas, just about a week, well, maybe two weeks ago, it ended uh, for this year. Uh, how did you guys come about with that, this name? You know, we have the Four Horsewomen, the Ronda Rousey version, the Charlotte Flair version, but these are the, the queens of wrestling. And you guys go everywhere together. So I'll let you guys, Barbara, let's start with you. Tell us the story. Well, I'm going to tell the best storyteller is Darla. She's the one that has it all. She was the one that suddenly realized that we were being named the queens. So I have to give it to Darla to tell the story, how we became the queens. Is it the queens or the queens of wrestling? Darla? The queens. The queens. Okay. The queens. That's so how it started, Mike, was... Uh, T-Bolt's been going to the Tragos Hall of Fame in Waterloo for several years, and he just kind of latched on to us girls, and we took a liking to him because he's such a sweet man, and he started calling us his queens. So last year, he was, and that was only known around Waterloo for the last few years. Well, last year at CAC, he was honored and our table, we were sitting right next to him. And it, during his speech, he says, he's thanking different ones. And he says, I want my Queens to stand up. And I knew exactly where he was going, but we all did. And his nieces, and I think a daughter was with him. They all three stood up and he made a big deal out of it. And he told them, he said, these, this is my family, but they are not my queens. I want you to sit down and I want my queens to stand up because they know who they are. So I looked at Barbara and I said, Barbara, uh, we need to stand up because he's not going to stop until we do. So we all stood up and ever since then around CAC, they've been calling us the queens. And before that, they were calling us um, the four horsewomen, but now it's kind of turned into the queens. And Barbara's sister this year was uh, an honorary fourth, her sister-in-law, yes. rather, Frank's right. sister. Frank's uh, sister. And what, what is her name? I, uh, Gail. 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 Gail Allison. We even have a photo, you know, so we were on Fremont yeah. Street and they have the Four Queens Hotel. So oh. one of our friends took a photo of all four of us in front of the hotel and it was posted on Facebook. And they said, uh, 
The queens are out of control. They've even named a hotel after them. I should tell you how very quickly, sort of quickly, um, Mula and May, Lillian Ellison, fabulous Mula and Johnny May Young, kind of aggressively took over. I was on their board along with Sheldon Goldberg and Brittany Brown and some others in the early to sort of about early 90s to about 96, 97. But originally, Betty Clark, these are female wrestling legends, wrestler legends, Betty Clark, Penny Banner, and Ray Stevens' widow, who actually broke him into the business, famous lady wrestler, Teresa Thies, who lived near me. Anyway, they started the LIWA. It was supposed to raise money for a retirement center and hall of fame for women wrestlers primarily, but they would allow male wrestlers, you know, eventually. And then Moolah and May kind of aggressively took that over around 92, put us on their board. And they had these annual conventions at that very same Union Plaza Station Hotel on Fremont. Whereas Cauliflower Alley, which I've been going to since 87, was in Los Angeles. It started, you know, it was just lunchtime thing in downtown LA, turned into a Saturday night awards banquet only. A third wrestling, a third boxing, a third uh, what we called real REEL members of movie and TV folks. We had some biggies. Cesar Romero. Uh, oh gosh, uh, Elliot Gould, uh, uh, Barbara Bill Geddes, who was uh, the matriarch of Dallas, uh, lots, lots of female and male superstars. So I'm always this year on Crazy Train Radio and other projects, uh, we've been for well, celebrating women all year, not just a lousy month, not just like Black History Month, the shortest month of the year, we're celebrating minorities and women all year long. So it, it, it is great. I just feel very ecstatic that you guys are doing this. So anyway, back to that. So, and I'm not criticizing May and Mula. They were May and Mula. They had this, they had it every year, this LIWA convention in Vegas, where a CAC uh, from whatever year it was on until 2000 was in Los Angeles at the, uh, Sportsman's Lodge in the Valley, beautiful place where I photographed Buddy Rogers in the garden and with Bobby Davis, his original manager, all this stuff, everybody in the biz, except, oh, anyway, we're there. Uh, and, and then when, when our last co-founder of CAC died, Art Abrams in 99, Carl Lauer was so enthralled with Vegas since he'd moved from Los Angeles, SoCal to Rolla, Missouri, he said, I want this thing in, in Vegas and he had nobody to oppose him. So he moved it. We were at the Riviera. One year we were at the Union Plaza. Dean Silverstone had it out with the management. And then we eventually ended up at the, what I call the old coast, the gold coast. <laughs> the old coast. The old coast. Well, it just, it was so far removed from the strip because the first, other than the Fremont year, like say nine, excuse me, 2000, 2001, 2002, we were in Iowa at that museum where it's now Waterloo. Uh, 2003 and 2004, we were on the strip where all the fun is. And you can people watch. We saw uh, Michael, the, the Jackson brothers' father roaming around uh, Caesars Hotel, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. But, you know, Fremont Street is like way, way, way from the strip, as is where the Old Coast Hotel was. Uh, and so this year, with the first female MC ever, and how long uh, people like myself and others nagged 
the board and, and Nag Fez and, and then our following presidents, uh, or Archie Moore before him, then Lou Fez and Red Bastine, Nick Bockwell and Brian Blair. We need more women on stage. You just have like one and, and a little later on uh, in the 2000s, two female awards and then no women up on stage. That's poor representation. We need more women. So I was thrilled. Deb, Medusa got to be MC up there with a guy I ran the Fred Blassie fan club in the early to mid seventies, John Arizzi. How were they as uh, MCs in particular, Medusa, who is a great talker as well. She's going to be on next week's Tales from the Territories on Vice Network for the AWA with guys like Ken Patera and uh, I think Greg Gagne and Jimmy Brunzel, who all are CACers. But what did you guys, so let's start both of you with uh, how did Medusa Debbie do? Well, I I would say I thought she did an excellent job. It was, uh, she got up there, she talked, she kept things together. And I think, Darla, you will agree with me, right? Yes. I thought that uh, Medusa was amazing. This was her second year to be at CAC. Last year, she was honored. And she has... She has been so willing to help us do things, and um, she did a great job as the MC. You know, she puts a little, John is good, but Deuce puts a little bit of excitement into it, um, and I just said, thought she was overall amazing. She's one of the kindest people I've ever met in my life. I, I absolutely adore her. And I hope she gets more involved with CAC in the next few years. That's great. I, I covered her career in Japan after I first saw her at the Cow Palace for, you know, Vern Gagne, one of those super clashes. I think the very last one at the Cow Palace, the Nick Bockwinkle, Kurt Hennig, uh, Larry Zabisco schmaz thing. Uh, and she worked with Sherry Martell there, took the strap. And, you know, kind of became the face of that women's division doing Roddy Piper-esque stuff, both wrestling and then managing heel guys like Kelly Kaniski and Kurt Hennig and, and others. And, um, and, and then she went to Japan and really finessed as an actual athlete. And she was the first female ever to live and train and work in Japan. She was living. Oh, I didn't know right, that. Yeah, the yeah. All Japan Women Dojo. Oh, yeah. And that's where Frank, our beloved Frank Bruiser Brody, you know, I'm sure would have great respect for her uh, because she, you know, it's like dynamite kid thing. He was like, I think the first male before Chris Benoit to go and live in, in the new Japan dojo. But in this case, it was wow. Debbie Medusa. And, you know, she had, uh, I watched matches with her where she popped them into a VCR and she's saying, this is when Aja Khan broke my nose and shoved my nose cartilage into my orbital bone, my eye. You know, because they would have early on when Medusa went there, she was doing actual legit, real, not worked, but shoot boxing with people like Aja Kong and some of the lower, uh, not quite main event females where, you know, they're actually slugging the crap out of each other. Plus, she was the first female, like all the all Japan women were and I'm winding this down, had to sing and perform in costume. This was during the crush oh. and all of that stuff. So Debbie Medusa, I've got the CD someplace that she gave me of like her in this outfit, like a Michael Jackson military outfit. And she's singing and doing music videos. So she has like a four song little CD 
ask her the next time to uh, wow. that because it's cool. So she was like an all around entertainer. Now, the woman, when she left, uh, kind of a dispute with the All Japan owners, the Matsunaga brothers, although she loved uh, Rossi Ogawa, who was like booking All Japan women. Now he books and runs stardom for the parent company, New Japan Men. But uh, she left and then they tried replacing her with Debbie Killian, a.k.a. Debbie Malenko, Debbie Drake, who trained with Larry Simon and his sons, you know, Dean and Joe Malenko in Florida. And they tried replacing her in All Japan Women with Debbie. They called her Malenko because, you know, they're marks for hooker shooter types in Japan. And, and great Malenko, Larry Simon, you know, was one of the better ones and, and trainers of talent. But it, it didn't last long. It didn't work because she was too shy. She actually refused to. Uh, she told me personally, you know, she just couldn't do it. She couldn't do what Medusa did, get up and sing. She was very shy. She was just, she could do the wrestling, was fantastic at, at the grappling uh, you know, aspect, but just couldn't do what Debbie did. So Debbie was a full all-around entertainer. And then she had her first stint in WCW when she came back. And then WWF as a Lunder Blaze. And then she came back, you know, famously or infamously to WCW with a title belt and the trash can stuff. And really set the world on fire there. So any, any jokes or things you guys can think of? No, but you have to remember too that Medusa, when I first met Medusa, I had no realized that I'd been watching her in the monster truck. I had no idea that that was the same Medusa that, that was driving that big monster truck. And it was like a whole different dimension. And I thought, because I used to think, wow, there's a girl out there driving that truck. Way to go, like you said, with females trying to get into the male sport. So I think that's just another part of her MO that this is Medusa that drove those monster trucks plus her professional wrestling career. So she is quite some woman. Well, so Barbara, did, were you going to these events live or just on, watching on TV? I went to a couple, in fact, I went to a couple with Frank. We took Jeff to the monster trucks a lot of times and then watching it on TV. And, uh, you know, and then, like I said, it was just that shock of when somebody had said, well, Medusa. And then someone said, no, that's, it came out that this was the same Medusa that was driving, you know, the monster trucks. Because I always remember the vehicle. I said, way to go, girl. You know, because as you said, we women have been a little behind in a lot of things. Not, so, not not your fault, but because it's always been like a white, white male-oriented business. And right. I love that Bruiser Brody, that's Larry Matisic's book there. I think, wasn't that his first book, the first one he did? Or did he do the St. Louis book? But there's the book on Frank Brody there. Yes, yeah, right behind me. There's the book that I co-wrote with uh, Larry, rest in peace. We miss our Larry. And uh, yeah. yeah, as I said, I was never going to do a book. It was like somebody else had approached me. And I said, well, you know, a lot of these books are very embellished and do not tell the truth. And you can't do anything about it because it's already out there in print. So you can't do. So when Larry approached me and I knew that Larry was the person with Herb that he trusted the most. And when Larry approached me, I knew that this would be 100% a truthful book. He could do the truth about the wrestling side of it. And I could do the truth about the personal side, because you know, Mike, when you tell the truth, you never have to worry because it's the same story. You're not trying to remember things that you have, people have said, which aren't the truth. You tell the truth. It's very easy to talk about it because it's the truth. So I was very, I thought it was a very well done with Larry. 
and myself and no matter what anybody says it's one of the few truthful things about him because when I first had the not even had the internet I went to visit my son in Austin one time and he had a computer this is a lot this is way way back decades as they were just coming about and he told me he said he said look he put in Bruiser Brody I mean when I saw how much already and this was way back 20 whatever years the you know when the computers first came in and I could not believe some of the things I was reading on the internet and there's nobody to say whether it's the truth or whether it's lie I mean he was riding Harleys he's never ridden a Harley before in his life they had from New Mexico you know New Mexico no he wasn't born in New Mexico so it was just like that and that's one of the things when as I said when Larry approached me it was like well yes there can be, no matter what happens to me, no matter what happens in the future, there's a truth. There's a book out there that tells the truth about everything. So I'm very happy to get it out. I, For the first time, I took it down to the CAC this year, and uh, I shared a table with uh, Karen McDaniel, who's Wahoo McDaniel's uh, widow. Wow. And uh, first time ever that I've gone there. I've usually just gone to work and, you know, volunteer and things like that. But I shared a table for a couple of hours. I took a few books down and I went, oh, hey, I never thought about that. And, you know, could talk to people, sold them my book. So it was like a little different CAC for me this year between doing what we have to do and then sitting at a table in the nostalgic room just for a couple of hours. It was like, well, this is different. Because when, when I was working the front desk or the you know reception, you know, checking people in, uh, I had Gail. You know, Karen was there for a while and then Gail, his sister, would sit there because that's part of the family too. So she could talk to people about her dad, her dad, her dad. So talk to people about her uh, brother. Wow, that, very amazing. And I, I don't know if you, I, I think when you and Jeff went to Japan that first time and they had the big celebration, oh. huge for Frank, you can watch that online, that you got the full extent of how beloved he was around the world, particularly <clears throat> Japan, you know, but, uh, you know, everywhere, the U.S. Uh, and, and that continues to this day. There was a wrestler in AEW. I, I might have emailed you a couple of weeks ago. You know, one guy I emailed, Marty Funk, when one of the FTR class tag team guys came down with a Dory Funk Jr. vintage shirt. I don't know if that's on Pro Wrestling Tees. And if you guys have merch on there, let me know. But somebody in AEW, Jonathan might know, came down with a, a Bruiser Brody shirt. It might have been Brody King. You have all these wrestlers out of tribute. I don't know how you feel about that. You know, there's Brody Powers. There was Brody King. There was Mr. Brody Lee, who we lost. All of these right. guys, absolutely. Yeah. Frank Marks, Bruiser Brody Marks. Uh, I don't know if that's cool with you, but it is nice that he is relevant on a daily basis globally. Yes, it is. And pro wrestling tees, yes, we have, we, they are part of someone that actually got our permission. Because <clears throat> you have to remember, <clears throat> excuse me, there's so many people just selling it on the black market that we have hardly ever got anything from all the people that have made a lot of money from his, uh, his merchandise and everything. And nobody's trying to cage anything to the family so now it's nice that there are a few people like pro wrestling tees is one of them and there's a couple of other organizations and the one that i have to mention right now you said you had greg garnet on 
in a couple of weeks is this Power Town Wrestling that has brought out a figure of Frank. And if you have seen that figure, it is the most incredible looking figure that they've just uh, had a kickstart on. And I've been working with Greg. And as I said, I think it should do really well. And it's, you know, anybody that's interested, it's just powertown.com. And they, I like their slogan, where wrestling lives on. And I'm sure Greg will be talking about that when he comes on. But yeah, apart from that, very few people have paid the family anything for the money that they have made on selling his merchandise. Uh, that's terrible. I hope, obviously, it'll be a sellout very quickly in Japan. So uh, is this a, a strictly an action figure outfit? Power? Powertownwrestling.com. I wish I had a picture of it. Yes, if you look it up, powertownwrestling.com, it is, they have a set of six. They're selling six. They came out. It's like the AWA and I think the NWA. They started off with Luthers, Vern Gagne, Bruiser Brody, Stan Hansen, Kerry Von Erich, and, and T.A. Magnum. That's the first six figures that they have come out. And these things are amazing. They're so lifelike. And they have the boots and the vest and Frank has the chain and they all have belts. So they've tried to get all the different generations and uh, they just did the kickstart and it was very successful. And then of course, it's gonna, they're gonna be producing and then coming on the market just for regular people, but you can order them on this powertownwrestling.com. And it's for someone, it gave me chills, which is, you know, to give, to give me chills. It's like, I looked at this figure collector's item and it was like, wow. And I'll wait, maybe the next time we talk, take a look at them and then I want to get your reaction too after you yeah. have seen Well, A, I'm sure they got to have his furry boots on. Oh, yes. Yeah, and I got the boots. I've got the, the <laughs> vest on and everything. And they've been doing history lessons behind all the different things like the boots because I used to sew the fur on the boots because I, I remember we used to go out. He'd leave me a job when he would go, you need to find me some more fur to put on my boots. My boots are starting to get a little tatty. And it got to the point, because it was rabbit fur, I had to find two pieces of fur that were pretty much as the same. You couldn't have one black and one white or anything like that. So I had to go around all these places and try to find two part, you know, two, two rabbit furs that were like the same looking rabbit fur. And I love the black and white ones. I've got the black and white ones on the collector's figures, but I looked everywhere and they were my favorite ones that I had put on. And I'm glad that they've used those ones on this, uh, on this, on this action figure. See, I always used to get into trouble. I would call, I would say a doll to Jeff. I'd say, you know, dad's doll. He used to get so mad because he said, mom, this is not a doll. This is an action figure. Okay. <laughs> Dad is not a doll. Oh. Wow, I, I don't I don't think people Jonathan, I don't know if you heard that. And and Jonathan said send everybody to all the platforms. There's uh YouTube and oh gosh, uh Jonathan may have to chime in because I'm forgetting the platforms for Crazy Train Radio and crazytrainradio.com. But you're like uh, Johnny Walker, Mr. Wrestling Two's uh wife, who made all the you know, a lot of the classic ring ropes were Flair and Greg Valentine and Rick Rude. But in this case, the boots, I don't think anybody knew that it was you creating these. Why the furry boots? He was the first. And I think he okayed like John Nord, Barbarian, uh, right. whatever, different names to do that. But 
they better not use furry boots because that was sort of like copyrighted trademark Frank Goodish, Bruiser Brody. Well, he was always, you know, Frank, you knew Frank. He was always looking for something different. He didn't want to be put into the same as everybody else. So he was always looking for something different to do. And he said, well, my boots are going to even make my legs look bigger because they look, the boots are bigger with a little bit of fur on them and everything. So he just thought, well, yeah, why don't I just put fur on my boots? And then he got the jacket, the furry jacket. And if you go back to what he looked like when him and Stan first started off, the whole different type, he didn't really have anything, a cowboy hat. You know, he evolved. Yeah, when he was working for McGurk, right. He, they were just like two cowboys from West Texas State or something. Yeah, exactly. So you look at those old pictures and then you look at the evolution between him. Well, Stan always kept the, like the cowboy thing. He kind of kept that all the way through, the cowboy hat, you know. But they were skinny. They were skinny when they started and, and kind yeah. of really. And that's why, as I said, and uh, as I said, Frank was a person that ate to gain weight between working out and protein shakes and how he would eat because he wanted to gain weight. But then the point came when he got older, just before he left us, was he knew that he couldn't go to Japan with 320 pounds and do the kicks and do the moves that Japan, he, as I said, Japan, as you know, is a whole different wrestling. It's nothing like we have in the States. You have to work. In Japan, you work. You have to know. You wrestle. It's a pure full-blown wrestling thing. And he knew that he would have to lose some weight because of the fact he couldn't do the things. Being older, and the, once you get to your 40s and that, and knowing that carrying all this weight, there was no way that he could continue the way he was. So he changed things, even though you couldn't really tell he did lose quite a bit of weight. And then he kind of, he could still, I couldn't kick my leg that high up. I mean, <laughs> I look at some of the things, right? <laughs> I look at some of the things, how the blazers, I try, I said, he could kick and do things that I could never do. And it's like, wow, your uh, husband can kick his leg higher than you can kick his leg. I tried to do it. I tried to work out and get my leg up, but I never did, still can't. That's the thing, Darla, I'm gonna, we're gonna bring up Darla, the, it's the greatest prestige honor to be asked to work in Japan. And then for someone to work pretty much tour exclusively, obviously, yeah, he did shots in the US and, legend in, in Dallas for Fritz and Paul Bosch in Houston, one of the greatest promoters ever, and uh, et cetera. But uh, Japan, such a big deal. I told you the story, Barbara, where uh, after a, a, a Frank match, I was living there pretty much from December of 90 through most of 91, but uh, a, he, he accidentally bopped into a fan or something. And usually they go, you know, get the hell out of my way. And they, the fans, a lot of the fans were such marks, they'd learn English so they could watch the American TV shows and then understand what the boys were saying in their promos when they really weren't speaking Nihongo too much. And, uh, and this female fan goes, I'll never wash my neck again. I mean, he, he like clobbered, almost clotheslined her and it wasn't Stan, it was Frank. I'll never wash my neck again. In this country, they go, oh, I'm calling my attorney. I'll try to make some money off this. Yeah, exactly. there, they, they, they wanted to be nailed at times. You know, they'd scatter like flies. It was like Godzilla when Frank and Stan were there, as you know. King Kong and Godzilla are amongst the oh, marks. Yeah. Well, that was like I used to worry about him because when he used, you know, he used to, when he was in Japan, he had that chain that he used to twirl around yeah. his head. 
And all these Japanese would just go flying. And I said, well, aren't you worried? What if you hit somebody? He gave me that look, you know, that real look of his as if, huh. Barbara, I'm six foot five. How high do you think my arm is up here? You think that while I'm twirling the chain, that I even have a chance of hitting everybody? I'm looking down. <laughs> Well, we'll get back to Frank in a minute, the legend of legends. That's so cool to hear about that. I guess we're breaking, because I've never heard of that, so we're breaking that story. PowertownWrestling.com for those great action figures. But you and Darla, now Darla, let's get back to you. You guys now have official roles. You've been with CAC for a long time. I know Barbara has been uh, given different roles, like uh, a goodwill ambassador working the front tables. But Darla, tell us what your current roles are with CAC now, because you've done, you've been there forever, really. So uh, I am now, uh, I guess it's been about three months ago, they elected me to the executive board. So I'm on the executive board and I do, I still am the benevolent chairperson. So anyone that um, sends in a request for financial help that comes to me and I do all the processing and talk to the people and then um, send everything to the board for their vote and get the help that's needed. And is it a, an easier process? Because for a while there, a couple of years back, like 2016 people were saying there was a lot of paperwork. So it was, hopefully it's a little bit easier under you your. Know, there is, there is one sheet of paper that they fill out and send in. It's very generic. And then I will call them on the phone and talk to them and find out from them, you know, exactly what they need and what's going on. But as far as filling out paperwork, it's one sheet of paper and it's very generic. And, and what is Barbara's role currently? She's done a lot of things for CAC. Barbara is our head of registration and she gets all the glory for it, but she makes me do all the organizing of it. Yes, she does. I love my dollar. We work very well together as a team. Yeah, we, uh, this, this time, yeah, this time what I had, I felt so bad because I couldn't do one day because as you know, the hurricane was hitting Florida and I was meant to be leaving the day that the hurricane was meant to be hitting. So Dollar, bless her, she got me a ride to the airport knowing that that was, I should be working there, but she got me a ride to the airport. So me and Gail went to the airport because we couldn't do anything over the phone. So we got our flights changed so we wouldn't be caught up spending three days in a uh, airport trying to sleep in an airport. So she arranged for me to, uh, me and Gail to go to the airport, arranged for a ride back. And then she had to kind of take over. I felt really bad. I, I owe her big time. No, you don't. That's what friends are for. We take care of each other. Yeah, thank you. you so, so Barbara, Gail lives in Florida too, right? She's in uh, Port St. Lucie, which is about an hour and a half, two hours from me here. So it's it's kind of good. Poor old gal, though. Like I said, we were we were stranded for three days in Vegas. We didn't get home, and then on Sunday we we're meant to be home on Friday, uh, Thursday night, uh, and then the hurricane was going to Charlotte. So you know where we were going to go through. So 
on uh, Sunday, we actually got a flight out. I got home. Poor Gail had to spend the night in uh, Charlotte because her connection, she missed her connection. So it was, it was, it was quite a CAC this year, but we're all home and our houses were okay. So that's what's important. And I, I feel so sorry for the people in South Florida and the East Coast because uh, Florida will never be the same. I mean, if you've seen the destruction that this hurricane ended, it was just, it's, it's very, you know, it makes you feel and you suddenly realize how lucky you are that you only have a little bit of damage outside and nothing. Your house is okay when so many people don't have a house. Even where I live, there's a lot of people lost because they got flooded. There was a lot of flood areas here and we got backsided. But New Smyrna Beach, which is uh, just out, they got 96 mile an hour winds and they got like 28 inches of rain or something. So, yeah, there was parts not that far from where I lived that really got devastated too. So, uh, you know, bless the people. I mean, they're going through a really hard time at the moment. Have you adjusted to Florida? Because Texas wasn't like Australia at all, but Florida <laughs> must be more like it because like the Keys, you could go out and check out fish and swim. Yeah, the beach. I, I just live about half a mile from the beach in a side, in a side street. And yeah, after being in Sydney, I've always been by water all my life. And then moving to San Antonio, the hill country of San Antonio, Texas with Frank, when I came over with Frank, it was like being landlocked. And then when I came, one day I came down to Florida. This was after Jeff had gone to college and it was, I didn't have anything left in Texas and came over the bridge. And I saw the, I actually saw the ocean. It was like, you know how sometimes you feel like you're at home. You don't know why it happens, but you have that feeling. It was like, I'm home. And I, and I think, I don't know how I did this. I think I bought a house in a week. It was just, I just sold the house in Texas. So it was like a miracle. It's from one to the other. And I've been here over 20 years and just love it. And I don't know if Dala wants to say this, but she may be, uh, well, she is going to be moving here next year too. She has a story. And I will be there in a couple of weeks to visit. And she's visiting, yes. Oh, I've been corrected. Crazytrainradio.com isn't a site. I'm sorry, I screwed up. It's not a site. Uh, but go to all the platforms. Jonathan, maybe uh, I'll go look at the emails unless you can chime in and yeah, tell Yeah, but me. I checked it out on Facebook. You can go to Facebook and you can find, because I checked them out. I checked yeah, it's them on out. all of the platforms for... Yeah. Uh, podcasts and, and shows. Yeah. I'm just not checking. I've been, I think we've all been stressed out. I, I didn't know you guys were locked into Vegas. Did you get to stay at the same hotel or did you go someplace else? No, we, we moved. It was too expensive. We moved out of the uh, strip. We were just in like a little uh, hotel where we're just, what is it, business people stay. It was just like a double tree and, you know, by Hilton and things. So it was out of the strip and, uh, good friend of ours who I met through Dala as well, uh, hooked us up with a couple of hotels. We had to, you know, we had one at the airport and that. So yeah, it was, uh, it was good. But once you've been in Vegas for five, five days, having the most wonderful time with your best friends, it was just like <gasps> chill and watching the TV, you know, not knowing, you know, how's it going to be when you go home because this hurricane kept changing over and over and as I said it went near enough right over where I lived that we got backsided this time thank goodness we didn't get frontsided but 
we got backsliders. So it was like watching that TV and watching that hurricane track change. But as you say, you no matter what life throws at you, you make the most of it because there's nothing you can do. So it's no use getting stressed out. It's no use because that's just how life. You have to go with the flow. You might not like it, but what else can you do? And like I try to tell people that with everything I've gone through and that, it's just you just have to accept things, even if you don't want to accept them, because as I said, you've just got to continue. You just got to go on. Now, a lot of the wrestlers, Meltzer wrote about this recently, and others have talked about it. But I know for decades, there were lots of wrestlers, not just the Eddie Graham wrestlers or Danny Miller or legends like that, but tons of them. I mean, I'd see Wahoo there in Florida. I think that was the last place he lived before we lost him. Uh, John Laurinaitis, so many people there. And a lot of these wrestlers were moving there, I think, because it was a great hub, either Atlanta Airport or spazzing on what would be the ones in uh, Florida proper. Uh, you know, if they go to Japan or if they were in TNA uh, or now called Impact Wrestling. But wasn't it also because there's like, is like Nevada, the state of Nevada, there's lesser or no state tax in Florida? What, what, what's the big reason everybody's moving into Florida? There were a lot of tons of guys there in the past, besides the beautiful weather and everything else. Darla is uh, a good one to answer that. Because Usually even St. Louis. Yeah, she checked it out before she... Uh, was moving here she checked all this out so Dala's the one because she's moving here so she's the perfect person there is you are correct Mike there is no state tax in the state of Florida I think there are 10 states and Florida is one of them and I just I have loved Florida all my life and people are like but it's so hot and humid it humid there I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. I'm originally from St. Louis. It's hot and humid from May until September. Well, and and like everybody's there. I think Medusa is there. You're going to see all your friends. I know. I can't. I'm so excited. They're all there. And uh, Mike, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Bugsy McGraw lives here. Randy Rose lives here. I see Tony Guerrero all the time. He's got a place to, not that far away. And you've got the Briscoes. I mean, you've got everybody around in Florida. Yeah. It, well, is uh, Angelo Papo owned the whole big mass of condominiums and stuff. And a lot of the boys, not just uh, Lanny, his son Lanny, I, I don't think Randy lived there, but there was wrestlers uh, that would rent from Angelo and, and stuff. And uh, I mean, it's got to be something. Uh, brilliant there. Let's get back to CAC. There were a lot of first-timer folks there, and Darla in particular, you can, uh, it, it, obviously the majority were first-timers to get their awards, the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, Tommy Rich, but was uh, Conan there? I didn't. See, he was advertised about a year ago as being an honoree. Uh, I didn't see much about it lately. Did he show up and get his award? He was. He was there. He um he had an exceptional speech and he enjoyed it. In fact, um, somebody, I think it was Brian, just sent out uh, a clip from a video where he really put CAC over and he just said he was so happy and so honored to be there. So, yeah. And, you know, I really didn't know much about him when they first announced him. I, I shouldn't say this, but I was like. Yeah, who is this guy? 
but you know, but yeah, he he was, and now I've went out and I've researched some stuff on him. But you know, the big thing for me this year was all of the Memphis guys because you know Memphis was a special territory for me because of the Gilberts, and um, Doug Gilbert came out and he actually um, inducted Tommy Rich. So that was good. I hadn't, I hadn't seen Doug since 2011. We, we talked quite often, but um, yeah, seeing those Memphis guys and they were all so, I mean, they were just so honored. Ricky Morton said that he said, you know, I've been to all the fan fest. He said, but I have never been to anything like CAC. And he said, to be honest, he said, it's the most fun I've had, he said, it was just different. And they all during the banquet signed up and paid their $300 to become lifetime members. That's uh, well, these are first timers again, because I yeah. nagged Jeff Jarrett for years, but Jeff and his dad, Jerry, were the big stars the last two weeks with Tales from the Territories. Lawler, yeah. was, I think this is at least his fourth, if not fifth season. Yep. He, all of them signed up to be lifetime members. Jeff Jarrett, he, um, he gave a very, very good speech about his grandmother. He was pretty emotional doing it. Teeny, Christine Jarrett. When you, when I would go there to shoot, you called her Miss Christine. She took great care of the press. Miss Christine, one of the first women other than, uh, Sheik's wife, Joyce, Sheik Farhat, and uh, Annie Gunkel, who promoted in the early 70s, taking on the Atlanta NWA office for two years. She was one of the first women ever to be involved in a full-fledged promotion. You know, so we're talking about empowering women in wrestling. Right. So, yeah, that, oh, I, I'm sorry I missed the last two years. I take care of 96-year-olds that haven't been traveling or doing anything. That's, that's awesome. Plus, Jacqueline, who started in Memphis as Miss yep. Texas, was our lead female honoree. Tell us about who were all the honorees. So we had Conan, we had Jacqueline. Did we have any other females honorees up there? Oh, Madison. Madison. Oh, Madison. Madison Pardon? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Madison. Madison Miles, she's from Canada. She was, Barbara, wasn't she the rising star? Or am I wrong about that? Yeah, I think that's what, yeah. That would have to be it. Future star, future legend. Yes. Yeah. One of, one of those, I can't remember, but, um, and then, um, so it was kind of interesting because I heard a lot of comments after the, uh, Tuesday night with all the Memphis people, they were like, you know, this was so cool to have like guys from a certain territory and, you know, I kind of talked with Brian about it because, Mike, let's face it, we are all still so much wanting the old territory days. And I'm like, wouldn't it be great? And I don't know if we could pull it off if every year we did something like that, bringing guys that are left from territories and honor people from a certain territory. I just, I mean, I know Memphis still has a lot of them, but it was just great. And Jimmy Hart, he co-hosted on Tuesday night with uh, Medusa and John. And oh, my God, that guy. <laughs> He's just fantastic. I, I can't say enough good things about him. 
Are you guys able to get Vice Network? Have you watched the, the oh, very first two initial episodes? Those are awesome. That's all you need to do. Let the boys talk. Let the girls, let the boys talk. Yes, I have watched uh, both of those episodes. And next week, they're starting with the AWA. So I can't wait for that one either. It was but, weird. Misidentified. They have a little video. They're advertising next week. And it says Steve Olsonowski. But they're showing Jimmy Brunzel. I go, what on earth is this? <laughs> Were were, Jim, were Brunsell and Greg there this year? Either or both of them? No, they they were neither one there. It's been they haven't been for a few years. We were trying to talk to Greg, Greg, but he didn't make it. But the, let's see who else were there that might have been. For, so T Bolt was T Bolt back? Nope, he didn't make it this uh, year. So people got to see. That's why you got to go because maybe. Just yeah. the one only appearance. You know, T-Bolt was there last year, the rescheduled one. It had to be rescheduled because of the right. pandemic. You, you know, you never know who's going to be there. But, yeah, it was good. I was I, – I love JBL. He did a – everybody did yeah, so yeah. awesome on their speeches. He signed up for lifetime membership, Ray Mysterio Jr. It was, it was just amazing. I've never seen – any of our honorees do that during the banquet and they just started coming up. <laughs> so was, was, Ray, was Ray back? He was an honoree last year. Was Ray Jr. back this year? He um, inducted uh, Conan. So he was there? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. I missed that. Conan, I got to shoot him in Mexico City and all that stuff. He was a huge star in the CMLL group the oldest group in wrestling, almost 84 years of age, nonstop wrestling in Mexico City. But Antonio Pena created AAA, took pretty much all of the great talent at that time in 1991, Eddie Guerrero, Art R, Conan. And Conan was the heavyweight champion for the AAA promotion. And they were they started conquering the United States. And all that. So Conan was a huge, huge deal, well before he got to ECW, WCW, well, uh, TNA. Uh, he was only in WWF, w, well, it was still WWF then, uh, for a couple of weeks trying out a gimmick called Max Moon, where he was under a full body suit and mask and shooting with, a, I don't know, it was flames, Jonathan could correct me on that. Here are the sites. I went and looked it up. Facebook.com slash Real CT Radio. YouTube.com slash Crazy Train Radio. Anchor.fm slash Crazy Train R-A-D-O, it might be R-A-D-I-O, and Instagram at Crazy Train Radio, Twitter at Real C-T-R A-D-I-O. So Twitter at Real C-T-R A-D-I-O. And back to uh, Facebook.com slash Real C-T Radio. So I hope I got all those things right. And uh, Crazy Train Radio.us. Is that Anything else? Were there? How about the panels, uh, Darla and, and Barbara? Were, did was there any panel? Like for example, here's something. About eight nine years ago, it was the last CAC where Bobby Heenan was at, and somebody pooped out on a panel, and I was given like four less than forty eight hours to come up with a panel. I go, okay, we have Lala here for the first time. We had him bring Lance Russell from Memphis, of course, and we had all of these guys. And I said, okay, let's just do greatest voices of wrestling, whether it was a ring announcer or a TV commentator. So we had Lance Russell on my dais and the place set the all-time CAC record for a panel. 
Uh, Heenan got introduced, got standing O, but on the panel were Pat Patterson, who used to do commentary with Vince McMahon, and Gene Okerlund, and Pepper Martin, who was the first wrestler color commentator on two territories at once, not just for one, but he was the first guy. Jim Ross, uh, Jerry Lawler, Lance Russell, uh, slews of other guys and, and people. The whole room was packed with primarily wrestlers and then standing room only out in the hall there were people out there too guys like jerry briscoe and uh, i think jbl at the time and that was the last place we would see howard finkel one of the greatest ring announcers next to jimmy lennon jr spoke uh it was on uh you know the, the dais in the panel but what what panel daytime what were some of the seminars if you can remember um sam houston did one I think it was titled, I've been to hell and back. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I didn't yeah. get to go to any of the seminars because we were working. Um, but from what I understand, Sam's uh, seminar was fantastic. The people were talking about it. They've already talked to him. He wants to go back next year because he's, he said that, uh, he didn't get all the time he needed. So we were kind of teasing him and told him that he can take all the seminars and just do the whole thing next year. But that was just a joke. But they, they're going to have him do more next year. Um, they did a special one on Teeny Jarrett. I did peek in the door. The plate, it was packed. And I think they had, um, <coughs> I know Jerry Jarrett was in there. Uh, Jerry Lawler. I don't remember if Jeff was, Jeff might've been in there, but Jimmy Hart was in there on that one. Um, Mike Chisholm, he did one on finances that I heard was amazing. And there were, I'm sure there's probably a couple more I'm forgetting. Barbara, do you remember any of the other ones? There was Tom Fillinger from Fillinger, I think is how you pronounce it, Fillinger Games. Oh, right, right, right. He does the cards, the wrestling trading cards. He's the wrestling. He did that and showed people how to do the cards. I really would have liked to have been to see that one, but I was at the airport that day. So, yeah, I think it was a very good. I, I met Tom quite some time ago. So it was, you know, it's really nice to catch up with people that you don't see for long periods of time. You know, because it is like a wrestling family. It's it's our family. And this is what the CAC is so good. So I know just for people to join, I know Dala can tell everybody how to join and everything because it is just a wonderful organization. Oh, and oh, and what I did, I, I'm bad. I'm also well, I you got to do things when you think about it. I was going to show you if I can show you the figure. I got the figure on my iPad. Just to show you exactly. I don't know. Are you pro probably not going to show up, is it? Uh, no. I'm, seeing, I'm seeing a white light like poltergeist, but I, I saw a little bit of a figure. So maybe just angle it different ways and I'll tell you if we can see it. For some reason. Now, for some yeah, reason. Yeah, there it is. Kind of not. He's got his, uh, his vest on. It looks yeah, like the, a tan vest. The shoes. I don't know why that's coming through. Yeah, I see an on his left arm, there's an armband. Can we see the boots? There's the boots. Can you see? I can't see it now. Maybe angle it a little. There's the boots. Angle it a little there. There I see stripes on the socks. It looks like, or maybe those aren't the socks. Wow. Yeah, that's the socks, yes. How, yeah, what size is that thing? Is it like a foot tall? Have you gotten one yet? 
No, they're just in the process of making them all now. But I know Greg will be able to tell you all about that when when he's on, because that's part of his uh, whole organization. This is Greg Gagne is is fronting this, really. <laughs> Greg and I might get with me later to. Uh, what it is, it's uh, Bruce Rosenthal, which I think did the original Remco figures in the old days, if I remember. And he's the one that's got on board to produce all these new figures. Because I have all those in storage somewhere. There was uh, the Freebirds. I, there was Road Warriors. I don't remember if there was Brody and Hanson or uh, there was Greg and Brunzel as the High Flyers. Uh, but I can't... Uh, Geez, I think there was the, the Steve Regal, not the uh, WCW one, but the Chicago one. He was in the AWA. Yeah. Uh, maybe Jonathan can recall some of that. Or maybe Darla knows. Darla, My, you, okay. I will tell you that I have seen through the years so many of these action figures. And if you go out on if you go out online and, and pull up the website, you can see them all. And they are absolutely phenomenal. I'm not a collector of the action figures, but if I was, I'd buy them all because I they're so real looking. I mean, all the way down, Magnum TA, his hair is just perfect how it used to look. And fr Frank, it's just amazing what they've done. So they, they did like a GoFundMe crowdsourcing to get enough finance to produce these figures initially? Is that what happened? I think like a Kickstarter. Yeah, I think a Kickstarter. Wow. Kickstarter. The computer, it's a uh, nuisance at times, but, you know, the internet also, I mean, it's doing all these amazing things uh, too. That's that's. Super cool. Let's let you plug CAC. Did we leave out anything else? Any other haps from the event? I know this was a first time at that hotel. Did it look like it was renovated and, and fixed up and different to you guys? The oh, yeah. it was definitely um, remodeled. I think they said it was remodeled in 2016 or 17. So it's been a few years, but it was way different than when we were there in 2004 and 2006. Um, and <laughs> the Queens, we had, we rented a two bedroom suite. So we were living a few days uh, really well. We had like a one bedroom, had a king bed. One bedroom had two Queens. There was a bathroom in each bedroom. Then we had this huge living room with sofas and chairs and had another bathroom and a kitchenette. So, yeah, we lived pretty well for a few days. But, yes, it, it was way better than it was before. I was a little bit disappointed in the selection of food places. They, there's no buffet there. And I don't remember if there was one there before, do you? No, there, I, to my knowledge, there wasn't. You had to go to one of the other. I mean, there's a slew of hotels up and down Fremont. Yeah, we we ate dinner one night at the Golden Nugget in their steak. I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being on Fremont Street. Um, I think we were out till about three o'clock in the morning every night. I found out I'm a little bit too old to still be doing that, but... I I loved it. I would go back there 
it was so much fun and it was so good to see everybody. I mean, you know, we were there last year and last year our numbers were low because still the COVID scare this year, there was probably right at 400 people there. Well, let's back up to speed. Did WWF have like five tables up front? Uh, no, we had two tables. And I think, I think the last, I know last year, they also only had two tables. I know, I know one year they had five, but I don't know if, I don't know why it's been cut back, but there was only, they only had two tables. Can you remember who came? Was it uh, that JBL? I'm sure was at that table. Jerry Briscoe probably may have been at that table. Uh, Sue, well, Sue wasn't there. Jerry wasn't there. He was due to come in on Monday, but because of the hurricane, he uh, was not able. He wasn't able to make it because of the hurricane, and uh, Haku wasn't able to make it. And from what I understand, they both were pretty sad that they didn't get to come i did hear i haven't talked to jerry but um he had absolutely no damage from what i understand from the hurricane so this is Lawler or jared no that was jerry Jerry briscoe i'm sorry jerry briscoe lawler and um i don't barbara i don't think jerry jarrett and jeff i don't think they were at the wwe table were they no, they were at another table over a bit. Yeah. No, they Jay, weren't. I didn't know a lot of people at that table. Yeah, I didn't either. Do you know Ben Brown, Mike? Oh, yeah, yeah. I see archive guy I work with. Yeah, he was there and he was at the table. Sue wasn't there. There were there were a few people at that table that I at those tables that I didn't know. Um, I think Jacqueline was at the WWE table. And how about, uh, oh, geez, oh, why am I spazzing on this? Um, oh, Ada. She, she was not there. Wow, that's like a first. Was she there last year? She wasn't there last year either. Okay, because she, well, you know, she is busy. She's like Barbara, busy, busy, uh, you know. It's a busy lady. I, TV I show. How about that? How about that a wrestling thing depicting the whole life of Rocky, Ada, Leah? Dwayne, this is pretty crazy. You oh, know, Harvey Whippleman, did he show up with the Memphis guys? <laughs> no, no, he, he'd been, we honored him one year. Bruno Lauer had been there, downtown Bruno, uh, Harvey it, Whippleman, he'd been there. Uh, but no Dutch Mantel, we've never gotten Dutch to CAC. Dutch wasn't there, and I don't know, Barbara, have you heard from Dutch recently? Wasn't he supposed to gonna have knee surgery or something? Yeah, I haven't heard from him since then. The last time was I saw him up in New Jersey when I went to that show in New Jersey and talked to him a couple of times. So, no, not no, not lately. He was waiting to go in for his knee surgery because it keeps getting, you know, put back. But he he has been going to different things. I've been seeing his posts and that, and he's been uh, going to different events and everything. He keeps pretty active. Considering the condition that he's in, he's very active. So I can just imagine what he's going to be like when he uh, gets his knees done. Yeah, he was what? in that wheelchair, that whole angle in WWF a few years back with Andrade. 
Um, what was, since our Jonathan Steele is in the Jersey Philly area, what was this event? Was it a show or a fan fest or a chiller theater? It was a fan fest. I think it was the, the, was it the Men in Sports Center up there in New Jersey. So it was the first time I'd been to that area. So, yeah, they honored uh, Frank with an award and uh, Butchwacker Luke gave me the award. And JJ was there, Pam was there, of course, Bushwhacker and Dutch was there. So I actually, I actually got to meet him for the first time. Even though we've talked a lot on the uh, phone and we have different things that we're doing right now, and uh, actually got to meet him. So that was what was really good. And I got to see Luke too, which is, you know, Luke is my, uh, you know, Kiwi, yeah. you know. Wait, that's so, what they were in Montreal when I first saw them in 72, the Crazy Kiwis, Sweet Nick Williams, and or Crazy Nick Carter and Sweet Williams. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, the herders. Yeah, they were at their best as the sheep herders. But mm -hmm. if you would have seen the long, bleached blonde hair in Montreal, have they ever shown you the pictures from that? No, I'd like yeah, that. Long, bleached blonde hair, the two of those guys, ass kickers. <laughs> I, I think though the sheep herders were their best gimmick. It was, uh, mm -hmm. uh, they did you guys proud uh, Australia wise. Um, I, let me plug this though for Jonathan. We are crazy train radios on all major platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube. The website is crazy, crazy train radio.us. That's crazy train radio.us and all major social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let's let you guys, we're closing out. I want to let you guys plug. You can plug how to join CAC, but anything you guys would like to. Of course, I want to plug very quickly the last folk hero, this new book on Bo Jackson, football uh, and uh, Major League Baseball star. Very few guys have been able to do that. And let's let you guys uh, plug away. Obviously, powertownwrestling.com for your Bruiser Brody action figure and also Luthez for Nganya. Uh, who am I leaving? Eric. Out? Yeah, Stan was Stan Hansen. Did you say Stan is Stan Hansen, Kerry Von Eric, T.A. Magnum, Luther's, Vern Gagne, of course, Frank. I think we got everyone. There's six of them, the whole six of them. And they're gonna and be separately. You can't get, oh, you can't get a Hansen and Brody tag team box set. I'm sure they're gonna do it. You can buy you, they have they have it done in and well, six you can either buy the six figures together or you can buy three. With, with the different territories or you can buy them singular because I think with the different territories it was what was it Vern, Stan and Frank you know they had the different territories on the different packages but you can buy them individually and of course or at least you can see that there is my book you can buy you can message me I have a few copies left you can message me and I will personally sign it for you and ship it off to you so this this is the true story about the man. Well, but love legend. Where do we send people to to do that to buy that Brody book? They can message me on Facebook and tell me that they're interested. I'm on Facebook, so send me send me a message so I know I know who they are. Because you know sometimes you get a lot of messages and you don't know, and because of everyone getting hacked and everything, you're kind of a little apprehensive so just send me a message i'd love to answer you send me a message on facebook i'm on there and like i said barbara goodish g-o-o-d-i-s love well D -I -S -H. Uh, yeah you're, you're you're so beloved the goodwill 
mega, mega female ambassador wrestling. Darla, let's let you plug away. So we would love to see you become a member of yes. the Cauliflower Alley Club. You can do so by going to Cauliflower Alley Club, all one word, dot org. And that will take you to our official website. It's $25 for an annual membership or $300 for a lifetime membership. I believe you will get four news bulletins a year. And then that allows you to be able to go to our reunion every year. However, you will have to purchase your ticket for that separately. And that's, uh, uh, well, it, it's, we used to be just a one night awards thing, but there's two nights of awards. It's like at least three, three and a half days of activities. and Yes, seminars, uh, two banquets with awards and a lot of fun. And you get to yes. see a lot of your heroes and just a lot of good people. We're just like one big family. And Darla, are you on social media? People want to ask you St. Louis history stumping questions. Yes, I'm on Facebook at Darla Staggs. And I have a ton of friends on Facebook and I accept just about everybody. So send me a friend request and there you have it. You need some uh, gimmicks of your own, like shirts and purses with actual deer <laughs> stags on them, right? Barbara, she needs some gimmick. She needs to gimmick gimmickify herself. Oh, we got we, our gimmick is Pam. Oh, Pam, and again, well, her husband Canada, is Kevin. JJ, you and I, and there's JJ. another one to get to see. Come see, you know, JJ, because as I said, and we, as I said, we're sorry that she couldn't be with us, and I think you should have the three of us on, like you said, at some point. Well, this was a dry run. Yeah, we send our, you know, because he's going to be stuck in the hospital and she's taking care of him for that shoulder surgery that's going on beyond our taping time. We're going to take, I uh, just want to thank you guys. And, uh, you know, you guys are called the Queens, but in my book too, your other nickname is the Angels because you, you're goodwill ambassadors for wrestling, empowering women in wrestling and uh, so much more. So cool to see my good friends here with us. And, uh, and thank you. Peace, love, and uh, good wrestling to everybody. Like Terry Funk says, there's never a bad day in wrestling. There you go. And it was so good to see you again, Mike, too. It's been quite some time. Domo, domo. Domorigato gozaimashite, to both of you. And uh, with that, we are over and out. I'll let you guys go. And uh, thank you so much. chicken parts without yellowing one's teeth. Oh, yeah. Contact your doctor today if you experience the following. Oh my god. Increases in blood flow, boost in testosterone, ending of erectile dysfunction. You're naughty. This medicine is made for extreme cases of being even keel or having
extreme depression. Ah, come on! Side effects include fits of rage, acne, bleeding in folks around you, whooping cough, hallucinations, comas, trouble swallowing, decrease in semen, increasing amounts of selling yourself, amnesia, night terrors, higher mortgage rates, and increased sensations in not having suicidal urges. Oh my. Hey there, it's Alan Troutman, Tarman from Return of the Living Dead. And if there's anybody you should listen to, it's me about listening to Crazy Train Radio. Go do it. Go away. Do it now. <laughs>